Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today we are sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. For the very best in tactical boots and athletic shoes, visit their website, use the code Maximus20 for 20% off. We're also sponsored by Nitro Protein. N-I-T-O-R Performance is the website. So nitorperformance.com. Use the code Maximus Podcast for 20% off and fill all your protein needs. If you guys are into fitness, which you likely are if you're listening to us, uh, even though, Joe, most of our stuff is not about fitness, I feel. I don't um, know. In, in a roundabout way, perhaps. In, in a roundabout way, uh, go get yourself some Nitor Protein. Also, if you enjoy our content and what we do, join the inner circle. Go to the MaximusPodcast.com and you got to go in the drop down menu and click join now. Join the inner circle. Uh, we've got access to workouts. Uh, Joe, we put inspirational videos up daily on there, right. special messages to our listeners. And I shouldn't even say inspirational. They are uh, sometimes educational. Yesterday I did a pre-workout ritual video. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you did what I believe about motivation yeah. and uh, we, we put them up daily and then we engage in discussion uh, in a discussion forum but you also get daily workouts, nutrition information uh, all kinds of stuff and access to a great group of people. Yeah, really great group uh, On that note getting into the podcast uh, I, I kind of came up with the title Joe and I think we should talk about tough love. Oh, I like it uh, because that's kind of what we were getting at earlier when we were on the phone. And, and for those of you that don't know the background, obviously, because you weren't there for our one of our many phone calls in the day. <laughs> but we uh, had talked about the fact that really society's gotten really soft and people take a victim mentality and blame everyone else for their problems. When, you know, you said it best, Joe, the, the, the common link in this chain of dysfunction is usually you. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I, you, how did I say that? Because I, I, that was brilliant the way that I put it before. But you, it's like you, you, you hate, hate your, your job. job. You hate your relationship that you're in. You hate your life. Your fitness sucks. Like your bank account sucks. Like what's the common theme? The one thing that strings through all of that? And it's it's you. It's you. you. Know? I mean, it's it's funny. Someone put up a, a meme about this the other day. I think it was Michael Hearn, who's a, who's a famous bodybuilder. But he had put up something like, Monday doesn't suck. Your nutrition doesn't suck. Your program doesn't suck. Your kids don't suck. You suck. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're not wrong on that. Right. And so one of the things I was thinking about in regards to this, Joe, is uh, I was at my son's science fair last week, and uh, they were having prizes. Mm-hmm. And the top three in the class get an award. Some kids move on to the state championships. Some kids do not. There was a lot of hurt feelings in that room. Yeah. Less from the kids than the parents, <laughs> by the way. Like, why did my kid get this, you know? But it's funny with the amount of hurt feelings, how valuable I think that is for kids to learn. Well, yeah. They, 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 I mean, it's no – I, I almost hesitate to even say this because it's it's become such a cliche. But, like, the participation prizes really aren't helping anyone. You know, just no. de- devaluing the winner doesn't help motivate people. You know, and, yep. and, and I totally agree because there was a conversation I had this morning because um, Friday mornings I take my daughter to her gymnastics class and the, the lady that runs it, the, the school, it's her and her husband. And uh, I, I just had to walk up to the counter and like pay for the next session. Right. And it's like a, I don't even know what they are, like two month long sessions they do. But in any case, she said, oh, um, you're Jojo's dad. And I'm like, yeah. And she said, 
do you think she would want to get into competition? And I just laughed. I'm like, right now? I mean, she's, she's just having fun. She's four years old. I'm not thinking about competition at four years old, you know? When she's ready for competition, I'm, I'm sure, you know, she'll make up her own mind. But it just, it cracks me up because it's, that's not me putting her into that role. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not JoJo deciding that she wants to pursue this. That's, that's the teacher, like, trying to create that situation for her. And so there's this whole thing of, of, are we allowing the kids to, to decide, like, to choose what they want to pursue and then pursue it? Or are we making the path of least resistance the one that leads them to the place we want them to go and then getting really upset when they don't just crush it because all the effort that we as parents put into making that happen. Yeah. At the, at the same time though, do you think Jojo's old enough that a competition could be good for her? Like, you know, learn... I, don't, I honestly don't think so. I really don't think so. Like that what, what they've done in the class, which I like is all the kids get to show off a little bit. So it's like they'll practice, you know, four or five little apparatuses. And again, this is just four-year-old gymnastics. It's not anything fancy. But then each kid gets to take a turn and show off what they can do on those things. And at the end, here's your award for showing off and for doing such a good job. And I think that's great. But what I don't think she needs is to be at a state-level competition where where people are, like, living and dying by the scores that they're receiving. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she needs to learn right now that she has to crush other people in order to succeed. That's that's further down the line. And it, it goes back to when our episode on talking about training kids of there's there's a time and a place for them to get into competition. And right now it's more about for, for me as, as her father and as a coach, I want her to be able to move well, to enjoy movement. I want to create lifelong habits because she's going to be more successful when she's in her teens if we build those habits now and it ain't going to happen if I force her into it. At what age do you think that stuff becomes important for kids? And I'll give you an example. I think at 11 and obviously how old is Jojo again? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for my son, who's 11, it's a lot more important for him to learning about winning and losing and trying and not trying. Right. Well, there, there's there's um, no game without a winner and a loser. Right. And so at a certain yes. point, at a certain point, and it depends a little bit on the sport, but I mean, let's say like soccer, kids are going to get into soccer early. They're going to learn about the rules of soccer early. But that my, my thing is, where do we put that emphasis? Is the emphasis on just winning every game or is the emphasis on understanding how the game flows, understanding strategy, understanding, you know, that there are referees and that there are coaches and that people have different roles on the field. That to me is much more important at six years old. You know, at nine years old, they should already kind of have a good feeling for how the game goes. And maybe now they're starting to think about winning. But even at 11, 12, 13 years old, I don't want to put a a kid up on a pedestal and say he's the greatest athlete in this group. But we got to start teaching the kids that what you do in practice does translate to the results on the field. And that's that's the age where I think it's, it's that learning to train. This is the the the, uh, um, the verbiage that they use in the the long term athletic development model that USA Olympic Committee is using for all the different sports. There's you know learn like first you got to play. You just got to learn to move. You got to learn to enjoy. You got to play. Then you learn the game. You know, and then you learn to train, and then you train to play. Right, train to compete, and eventually you're training to win. But that's way down the line, and it's at a much later age than most people assume. 
because it takes a long time for those training lessons to really take, especially as the kids are hitting an age where they're going through puberty. So again, I think as a parent, I don't need to push my four-year-old into competition, not just yet. I would put her in something where it's like she, she would start learning about how they judge, you know, start learning the different aspects of each apparatus in a gymnastics environment, you know, start learning that the coaches are there to help, that other people are going to watch, get used to the feel of it. That all makes sense to me. But like winning and losing doesn't make sense to me at this age. That starts okay, to become so, more important down the line. So my question, because you've got some certifications in this as mm-hmm. a dad, yeah. is at what point does failing become important? And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm getting at. Beans was at Taekwondo Nationals last year. Right. He won his first match big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won his second one and then he lost his third and he came off the mat crying. Right. And – at first, I was really proud that I finally saw emotion from the kid because normally he's just, you know, beans. I tried yeah. my best. This was fun. Uh, but he was pissed. Yeah. And I immediately told him, you don't deserve to cry. And he looked at me. He's like, why? You know, in his little tear stained yeah, voice. Yeah. And I said, I would love to console you. And I would love to, like, you know, validate this behavior. And you know how I talked to him. I talked to yep. him like an adult. I said, you missed a bunch of Taekwondo practices this year. Mm-hmm. He And he said, that's your fault. I said, no, it's not. Every day I asked you if you wanted to go, and I let you make the choice. Yeah, There were plenty of days that you chose not to go. This is what happens. If you would have been at those days, you'd be on the podium. Well, so think of this. This is actually a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Because the lesson here isn't necessarily – how to win the game. The lesson here is how to train. The lesson is that you're not going to show up and win if you're not doing the work outside of competition. Like nobody's going to walk in with no practice and do very well at any level. And so the, the emphasis and even what you were telling him is right. That what you do in the gym translates to what you do in competition. In Taekwondo, again, it's an individual sport. And so I think it's very individually based. Like Beans is ready to compete. You know, he's been just showing up and having fun for a good long time. And I think he's just kind of beyond that. He doesn't just want to be a participant anymore. He wants to be a leader. He wants to be a champion. Well, and the the interesting thing, Joe, is the the, the, the follow-up to that story on that note is wanting to, to be a champion how much that kicked him in the ass. Right, right. Because since that was July the 4th of mm-hmm. last year, uh, and I think it was in Minnesota, was yeah. it not? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he he has not missed one practice. Like, yes. in fact, it's quite the opposite. He'll come to me Thursday and say, Dad, we need to plan for Taekwondo the next three days. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, he's kind of figured out, hey, if I don't work hard – I don't get to complain when I lose and I'm not going to win. So I think that's an important lesson. And and one, I guess I'm getting at is I'm trying to raise him in a way that's opposite of how we seem to have been raised. Mm -hmm. I think come from a generation where our parents genuinely wanted better for us and our parents tried as hard as they could to give us everything under the sun. But as I look around, I'm seeing a bunch of entitled motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, for real. And, and, not, and not just kids. Let's just be clear. We've been talking about kids, but this is applying to everybody because this is the oh, mentality. And, and that's what I mean. Like the 30-year-old the, the who – and we talk about tough love, but the victim mentality. It's, it's I'm fat. 
I'm I'm broke. I'm I'm lazy. I can't do this. Oh, and it's Bobby, all, Bobby, it's my genes. I'm a victim of circumstance. Yep, it's always somebody else's fault. It's the company. You know, first of all, it's your genes. If it's not your genes, it's the food that the company puts in the break room because you're forced yeah, to eat yeah, it. Yeah. It's the grocery store. It's it's what's the evil company that runs all the food and and, and puts the Monsanto. diseases in it. Monsanto. I don't know if that's actually true, but people blame the lot. <laughs> if you, you know disappear I mean? like off the face of the earth, I'm going to know exactly yeah. why. <laughs> but people people blame them a lot for every little problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, living in Salt Lake, there's this thing called the inversion, and in, in the air apparently can get bad here at times. I look around and I'm like, oh, it seems nice to me. But if someone's a little out of shape, it's always the inversion. If someone has some mm-hmm. kind of allergy, it's the inversion. If someone doesn't feel well, it's the inversion. If yeah. they don't play, you know, play a video game good enough, it's the inversion. If their phone <laughs> breaks, it's the inversion. Like there's always something, right? Yeah. Um, then to further that. You see, uh, it's interesting, the Super Bowl show that was on. There was J-Lo and Shakira. And it's become kind of like a pop culture thing uh, because people – there's a group of people that seemed really impressed that a 50-year-old or a 43-year-old woman looked and performed that well. Yeah. Like if you you were a J-Lo fan in 1993, she looks exactly the same right now. Yeah. And so does does Shakira. Like I think the hips don't lie thing, that was – man, that might have been when I was in high school. But – she looks exactly the same, but then cue the haters. I didn't like the halftime show. They were dressed too scantily clad. They only look fit because they're rich. Do you right. really need to hate that? Yeah. And and I, I, I think the, the, the people who complain about it, it says a lot more about the complainers than it does the actual selection of the of the halftime show. Did it really make you that uncomfortable to see a fifty year old woman? Well and, and, and we're in an age right now where it's like vogue to be the first to complain about something. Like, yep. how many people want to just hate on Star Wars right now and can't just let it go, you know? Like, just, it, it's not your thing. You're not responsible for what this other person created. You don't have to like it. But we used to have this saying that if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all. You don't have to be in the conversation. Let the people who really enjoy that stuff have their thing. And if you want a different Star Wars movie, well then, and I've said this before, why don't you write the script? Why don't you start raising the money and let's make this happen? Because apparently you're better at it than the people who actually did it. Well, this is what I'm getting to. So let's go over some areas of tough love in that regard, Joe. Mm -hmm. The first one is that you're fat or you're out of shape. I hate to break it. Actually, I don't hate to break it to you. I love telling you. <laughs> this is 100% your fault and 100% under your control to change. Mm-hmm. There's some rules I use with people. If you miss, I'm not going to say working out. If you miss physical activity, even one day a week, you don't get to complain that you're fat or out of shape. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking going to the gym and pumping some iron or or murdering yourself on a on an elliptical or running on a treadmill. I'm just talking going for a walk with kids, yeah. walking the dog, walking up and down your stairs, doing some kind of housework, doing anything but sitting your ass on the couch. Yeah, yeah. If you do not do that daily, you can't complain. And it's funny to me. When you hang out with people, new people, and you see how lazy they are, mm. and then you hear the excuses they make to justify that behavior. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer, Joe, that 
you know, it's funny. The lie, the big lie that our parents tell us as kids is that you can be anything that you want to be. <laughs> that the world is yours. So you're going to be successful. That's such a load of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. in, in one way, it's true. But it's like our parents forgot to tell us the other half. And the other half is Jojo, Beans, Jax, uh, Max. I'm just naming off our kids. You can be anything you want to be under the condition that you work hard enough for it. Yeah. Your dreams will come true only if you get everything you have. You know, you will be happy when you grow up if you go through a bunch of bullshit suffering and, <laughs> you know, uh, struggle, then you will find happiness. It's like we forgot to have the other half of the message yeah. drilled into our head, right? So, there's this thing about people just complain about how overweight they are or how out of shape they are, but they're not willing to really do anything about it. They're no. not willing to get off their ass and move. They're not willing to train because training's hard. And then the excuses start, I can't afford a gym membership. You don't need a gym membership. You can train at home. Mm-hmm. I Or I can't afford a gym membership, but you can go spend $50 at the bar Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. Right? And they do, yeah. And, right. and, and I or, see it all the time too, where where the the excuse exists, and so the excuse becomes the reason to not even try. You know, yep. like, well, I got bad genes, so I'm just doomed, and I won't even try, and then sit there and complain and complain and complain about it. You know, um, it's it's funny that people do that, but then they lose the weight when they really want to. You know, I it's funny. I trained a guy uh, back in the days of my global gym training. I worked for a company named Good Life. I think I've told this story on the podcast mm-hmm. before, and he couldn't lose weight because he couldn't stop eating nuts. Yeah, yeah. And then I fired him as a client, and then some years later, he'd lost all the weight. What happened? Well, I had a kid that was born with a nut allergy, so I just quit. Yep. What? There okay, you go. It's all it took. You just loved your kid's life more than you loved nuts. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he would have told you, that he was powerless to change before. He was just lazy. Mm-hmm. That's Or I shouldn't say lazy. You didn't value being fit enough. It's the same thing with eating. It's funny, Joe, the people in, in – I've got to bring up Karen, your your old boss. <laughs> um, you no, know, no, in corporate just, life. She just worked but, in accounting. <laughs> but Karen does the same shit. It's like Karen's eating donuts and then Karen's drinking Coke and Karen's having a coffee loaded with triple cream and triple sugar. But then Karen doesn't understand why she's fat and why she can't be fit like J-Lo and how awful it is that she had to watch J-Lo shake it on halftime show. Because, oh, because J-Lo only got that way because she's rich. Yep. And she she has amazing genetics and she's rich and all the excuses I have don't apply to her. It has it has nothing to do with the fact that she hasn't had a gram of sugar since 1987. Yeah, yeah. it has. It's probably true. Um, it has nothing to do with the fact that she sought out one of the best personal trainers in the world and works her ass off every day. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that when she gets off a plane at 11 o'clock at night, she doesn't go to the bar, she doesn't go to the hotel room, she doesn't go for dinner, she goes to a gym. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny the amount of people that rip on the rock. The yeah. Rock's on steroids. The Rock's lucky. The Rock only looks that way because he was in the WWE. Uh, that guy has good Polynesian genetics, and he looks like a monster. They kind of forget to mention how that guy trains every single morning at 4 a.m. Yeah. That yeah. he spent a fuck ton of his own money on a gym mm-hmm. that he, he, he travels around with. Yeah, he's obsessive. 
you know, not uh, – uh, it's not that he's dedicated. LeBron James, the number came out the other day that he spends, I think it was $2 million on his body a year. Jeez. Now, cryotherapy, massage, working out, food, like all this stuff. And then people are like, well, he's lucky. He's got good genetics. Born <laughs> with the basketball gift. You know, God, God poured more basketball in him and him than, than other people. Yeah, yeah. Really? He's willing to spend that money. And then people say, well, it's only because he's rich. I would do that too. No, you wouldn't. You know how many professional athletes I've met that won't spend 50 bucks on a massage, Joe? Hmm. Like they just won't do it. He just happens to be more dedicated than y'all. Yeah. You know, so, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a story when uh, when I was a senior in high school. Um, I was a, a decent enough football player that I was traveling around and, and talking to different colleges about playing. So I'm meeting a lot of college coaches and um, a lot of Division two schools. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I was like top recruit. I went to a very small school. Um, just give me my chance, Bobby. Give me my chance. I could throw a football over that mountain. Um, but one of the coaches I met, he had, he had just had a very real conversation. Uh, and he said, you know, when you, when you start getting to this level, when you get out of high school and, and you're looking at, you know, what sports you want to play and what school you want to go to and, and, and what you want to do with the rest of your life, like you have to start recognizing your limitations. And it was kind of like not the typical thing that I would hear from these coaches. Because most of them are like, oh, you've got unlimited potential and, you know, this could be a stepping stone to something so much greater. But he was so real in just saying, like, uh, I try to think exactly how he said it. He's like, for example, you and I are never going to be NBA basketball players. He's like, yep. for us, that ship has sailed. And it's like, you know, he, like, I'd like to believe, like, if I just changed my life and trained really, really hard... One day I could make my way onto a team, but like, let's be real. That's not going to happen. You know, Joe, it's I, funny you say that. I, you know, I don't know if you know this about, me. you know, I always love basketball or yeah. maybe you don't know. Um, I got cut from my elementary school team. I, I couldn't make the high school team. Uh, I thought once about trying out for the university team instead of wrestling and there's no way I couldn't have done it. I just wasn't athletic yeah. enough. Yeah. And I worked really hard in the gym. Like I built myself up from nothing. I was a kid that got bullied and, and, and made fun of and wasn't athletic. And, and then I became athletic. And I kind of got a little too big for my britches, Joe. And <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was I was feeling myself. And I thought that like, hey, I'm I'm in the gym and, and, and I'm working hard and I'm jumping on this 48-inch box and I think I could play some basketball. So I'm lucky enough to have two guys in my gym, Ronnie Price and Darren Williams, who uh, Darren – was a was a on on the, on the dream team he got yeah. uh, gold um he made the max money i think it was like 75 million for like four years of basketball um you know he's, he's a great point guard and a perennial all-star uh ronnie price played in the league for 12 or 13 years uh, incredibly well so i started hanging out with those guys and when they start jumping around you and like <laughs> doing stuff and you watch how fast Darren Williams can cross over a basketball in front of you, you realize quickly how pathetic you are and how your dreams are never going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the other one is I was working out with a bunch of NFL guys, Brian Keel, Stu Bradley, Kevin Curtis. Uh, and, and Kevin Curtis, Joe, played for the Eagles and the Rams, and he had a couple of thousand-yard receiving years. Yeah, yeah. Um, he once had 270 yards of receiving in one half. Jeez. Like Kevin was Kevin was good. Yeah. Um, a couple of injuries set him back, but Kevin was good. Kevin ran a 4-3. Yeah. Four. So 
I'm in the gym and I can beat these guys airdyne and I can beat Turkish getups and, and, and bench press and shit. So we went to the track to run. And I really thought in my head, like, yeah, I can play in the show. And NFL team should call me. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I blinked and Kevin Curtis was 50 meters in front of me. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, he's like a blur. I'm like, how does that happen? And Stu goes, no, no, no. He's like one of the fastest guys in the league, man. Like, you're slow and old. There's no way you can play with us. And I'm like, shit. Thanks, guys. You know, he's like, you should, you should stick to lifting weights. You're, you're, you're slower than I thought you were. Like, for all the weights you lift. Like, why do you waste your time with this garbage? It's clearly not working for you. You know? Lucky there's no cameras here. This ruin you. Men's Health would never have you right again. Holy fuck. This is harsh. But this is... This is what you deal with, but we've got these people that are filled with these ideas that they can do all these things and they can't. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, so, and the difference is, it's, it's like okay, in order to be in the in the NFL and to be a, a top player, like you cannot come in with no experience. You are going to have to have, you know, think of it like a job interview. You know, if I can get a guy on my team who's already got ten years experience playing the game, he's probably a pretty good player. So, like, I'd rather have him than somebody who's never actually played before, no matter how fast they can run a 40, right? And so, like, there's an age range. I mean, yeah, you got your, your, your Tom Brady's that can play, you know, into their 40s. You've got a couple of guys that can make it. It's a couple of guys. Most people are coming in the NFL out of college, and they're lasting, what, three, four seasons? Tops? And so, like, yep. you've got to show up at that age range with the prerequisite experience. And if you're beyond that, like, you're just you, – it ain't going to happen. Done. It ain't the league for you. You're done. And, that, and that's not that's... a limitation on you as far as, like, what you can achieve with your body and what you can do. It's just a reality of, like, nobody's going to give you the job, man. You're just underqualified. So you, you don't have to say, well, okay, look, I'm 40 years old. I'm never going to make it in the NFL, so I'm just going to mail it in. I'm done. I just give up on fitness. Like, that's not the answer either, you know? It needs to be the thing that motivates you and say, you know what? So what? My my uh, my prime is is behind me. So what? I, I can still be the absolute best that I can be today, right? I can still be the absolute best version of me this year. I don't have to just quit and, and follow the path of our forefathers into an uh, you know, elderly, decrepit grave. That's fair. So what do you what do you think the message is here to that 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 fat slob that's sitting on the couch at home that's complaining about every single thing in their life? Everything that, you're complaining that, about. Oh, every, by the way, yeah, that's the same person that just complained that I called them fat because that wasn't nice. Yes, yes. There's a different word that I'm but supposed here's, to call. Here, here's what I have to say to that person: Why this is tough love? Because I still believe that you can be better. I still believe that you can achieve a lot, and. I still believe that every stupid excuse you have is bullshit and you need to get up and just get to work. And you've got to stop imagining what could be or what could have been and you've got to recognize where you're at to begin with and start there. And just take one step forward every damn day. Done. I like that saying. It's good. How do very, we, very how wise do person. Down? Very wise yeah, person how, told me that once. How do we shut down that complaining, though, and that, that attitude of entitlement? I don't know that we'll ever actually shut it down. As much as I wish I could say, you know, smack a guy in the face and he'll just shut up about it. it the, the problem here is where I think the limitation lies is that they don't believe it themselves. You know what I mean? The person we're talking about can hear the words we're saying, 
They just don't believe that it's true. They don't believe that they can do more than they, than they are right now. They're so convinced that they're stuck, that they're, that they're the victim of circumstances, that they're not even going to hear the message. And so maybe, well, maybe we just need to save our breath. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but then they, then they, my favorite is, and this actually happened to me when they pull out the excuses of, I was reading a book on personalities. I'm just not motivated by, and I looked at the person and said, if you're such an expert on your own motivation and you've got this all figured out, how the fuck haven't you motivated yourself yet? Yeah. Cause I, I get the person that really doesn't know any better that's eating Doritos and they really think Doritos are good for them. Yeah. But when you can tell me what's good and bad for you and you can tell me you've read the books and you've done the psychological work and you know what motivates you and what doesn't, you got no excuses anymore. Because mm-hmm. that's half the battle, figuring it out. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's that next step. And that's where I always say you got to do the actual work. You can understand everything. You can, you can know literally everything about nutrition. But have you actually examined your own behavior? Have you actually written down like what you've eaten for the past three days? You know, you you think you can get away with eating a couple Doritos here or there. Okay, great. Is that every day? Is that four times a day? Five times a day? Like, what would happen if you didn't have them for a month? Like, have you actually done that work to figure that stuff out? Probably not. Not with the excuses, but yet you expect that something's just going to get handed to you. And if it doesn't, then everyone else and every other thing is the problem. Yep. Which is really like what, what we're kind of getting at, right? And so you look around and that's maybe the overweight example or the not in shape example. But then you're in a relationship you're not happy with. Hmm. How much work have you actually put into the relationship? And what are you willing to put into it? Because you, yeah. you said earlier, you know, people don't value things. And that sounds like a judgment. You know, it sounds like, well, you just don't value it enough. And that's not the case at all. It's like you honestly don't see the value in what you're doing. Like... Uh, uh, try to think of something very mundane. Um, I don't know, watering the plants in the house. I honestly don't give a, I don't, I could not even tell you right now, Bobby, truth be told, if we have real plants in our house, I don't know because I care so little about having plants in the house. But if I found out like there was like having three plants in every room would get you just super jacked. Fuck yeah, I would do it. And I would care. And I would be watering those plants every goddamn day because now it means something to me. Yep. You know what I mean? So, no, I don't value houseplants. Sorry, just not my thing. I just don't see a lot of value and I'm not going to put a lot of energy into it. I do value my health. And so I put a lot of energy into my training, into into ironing out my nutrition, into getting sleep because that's where my values are. And so you've got to have a change if you're going to change the way you value things. You're going to have to study it, learn it, understand it. And like you just pointed out... If you know you're not motivated by certain things, you've got to figure out what actually does motivate Let's, you. You got to be. You have to value the result enough. I want you to back up a second because imagine how ridiculous the excuses about the house plants would sound. <laughs> well, I went to Home Depot, and their garden center was closed, so I couldn't get any plants. There, there was no Lowe's. There was no other Home Depot. There was no other garden well, center. I, I well, read, they only have a. I, I read on the internet that tap water is not not great for plants, and so I just yeah. I don't think I can water them. They only have <laughs> sale in 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 March. The spring's coming, and I couldn't afford them. Or <laughs> I don't know what kind of plants to buy. Or I don't have enough windows in my house. Like, just go buy a fucking plant. I, I can't like, buy plants because you know I got kids. 
You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? You mean you can't? <laughs> what, like the kids eat the plants? You know? Or or I don't have enough money to buy a plant. You're all plants like 20 bucks. Uh, yeah, not even. Go buy a pack of seeds and put a little bit of effort into watering them outside. They'll grow. It's, they're cheap, but when you, when you put it that way, this is how people's excuses about fitness sound to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Like, it was that hard to go to Home Depot, roll up, like, <laughs> chuck a plant in the back of your truck and go home? <laughs> All right. I, I mean, uh, uh, it sounds absurd, and no one would say that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they sure will when it comes to fitness, right? Yep. But again, with relationships, it's like a guy who's always complaining about how – awful his girlfriend are and he's dated the carbon copy girl yep. the last five girlfriends he's had he's like picking them out yeah dude maybe you're at fault for picking the wrong type of girl yeah you know where the the proverbial girl can't find a nice guy yeah she's with a jerk and with a jerk and with a jerk and then she goes for a nice guy and within a month she's bored doesn't like that anymore yep. dumps to the curb goes out with three more jerks and then perpetually complains she doesn't have a nice guy well Listen, you didn't want a nice guy. Yep. You made that very clear with your actions. Um, the people who hate their job, right? That somehow it's their employer's fault that they're getting held down. You know, the person who shows up late to work, leaves early and doesn't put in any extra effort and complains that they're discriminated against during the interview yeah. process. Yeah. You know, that's the other type of person. At a certain point, I feel, especially with the work thing, because I, I get how people can feel like they're they're sort of stuck because you can't just make quick job changes and have any kind of stability in your career. Like you gotta you gotta be with a company for a while, and sometimes the, the situation's not comfortable. But like, how much of that is is you just allowing yourself to be victimized? You know, like every time that that the manager comes down with something, it feels like they're micromanaging. What if you just took a second and you said, you know what, maybe he's not micromanaging me. Maybe, maybe he's just trying to provide me with resources, you know, or maybe they're under the gun to try to get results. And this is the only way they can think about it. And maybe I can help, you know, and, and, and try to become a, a part of a solution instead of a part of a problem. Yep. Like, would that would that change? And then and then instead of you know, oh, it's Monday because you know I love posting my motivation Monday because I hate that people complain about Mondays. And it's like, oh, Monday, uh, oh, Monday. Well, no shit, your Mondays suck. You spent the last thirty years complaining about them constantly. Well, and can you can you imagine just being in a life where you hate your week that much? I know, I know. God. So I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about this kind of stuff, Joe. When I was in police college. Uh, not police college, sorry, when I was with the Toronto police, mm-hmm. once I got out of a, a, a gang unit thing called Tavis, they put me in a desk job and I got to go to the police college to train people. So it's where the Toronto police is called COVIC. They train new recruits. They, they, mm-hmm. they qualify officers every year. And it's kind of a really fun job. You don't have to work midnights. You work eight on, six off. Mm-hmm. So every second week you're off completely Joe. Yeah. And then you really only work from seven in the morning till five at night. And during the day you have a bunch of time to work out and hang out and do fun shit. It's like the cushiest job you can imagine. And the most fun. Cause you get to play with like simunition guns all day and shoot people with pepper spray and taser people. So it's really like for me, a dream job, right? Yeah. Well, you're supposed to have the 10 years to get on here. And I got in with five. 
And there was a guy who was talking all kinds of shit about me that I didn't deserve to be there. So I confronted him. By the way, I'm the asshole of the story, just so we're clear. <laughs> so I confronted him and said, I said, hey, you know, I hear you. You have a problem with me getting a job. And, and I, I know you feel that's really unfair. So if you can, like, well, I want to talk to you about this. And if we feel you're more qualified, then I'll give my job to you. And he kind of looked at me like, like I had three heads. And I said, so what's your, what's your education level? Well, I went to college for police foundations. I'm like, oh, wow, a community college course. That's great. How long did that take? Six months? I go, you know, that certainly is much better than my honors English degree and my psychology degree and, and my bachelor of education. I mean, I don't know how a bachelor of education could, could uh, help me teach people at college. But, yeah, I think you win that one. What about your fighting background? Because fighting's important to, you know, this place. And he goes, oh, I have a black belt in karate. Wow. You're like Daniel LaRussa. And everyone started <laughs> to laugh because this was in front of people. I'm like, do you know the karate kid? He goes, shut up. I'm like, well, you know, I, I, my fighting background, I don't have a black belt. I mean, I fought in the UFC and I was second in the world for kickboxing. And I won Canadians for jiu-jitsu three times in a row. And I was on the Olympic ladder for wrestling. And I won submission of the night. You know, you're yeah. right. That karate belt, that's looking real good. You should, you should, how long did it take you to get that? A year, three nights a week? And we went down a list and then finally he just stormed out of the room. Hmm. And I was the asshole. Hey, Bobby, why are we so mean to him? Well, fuck that guy. Yeah, why is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, that's the attitude, Joe, that he felt slighted. He didn't get the job because they didn't like him or they liked me better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, and and there, there's, there's the narrative he was telling himself. You know what I mean? There's yep. the narrative of him saying, like, no, like, I really, I've earned my black belt. That means something. You know, it really means something. It's not just, not just fighting. It means something. You know, I got this degree. Yep. It's very specific to what we're doing. I am an expert in my field. And why would they give it to anybody else? And then they give it to you. And now he's got to try to find ways to make you look less impressive. And as soon as he yep. realizes, like, no, from an objective standpoint, the things that he assumed about you and the things he assumed about him did not line up. Like, no, that's I had a, a better that's policing a career than this guy. Well, and that's a More. tough pill to swallow when you realize your whole reality has been a fabrication of your ego. Well, and that's and that's to bring it back full circle to kind of close this thing out. That's why I'm talking about when competition is important to JoJo. Well, because I feel like to, I, I want to answer that. Didn't... Let me answer that question from the beginning of the podcast directly because I think winning becomes important when it becomes important to JoJo. You know, like Beans, it wasn't that important to him until he lost a fight he thought he should have won. And then that became the, the catalyst for him to completely change his training behavior and completely change the way that he even approaches the sport. Like, that wasn't something that you were like, well, Beans, you're 16 years old, now it's time to get serious. It's not your decision, right? It was kind of up to him. And when the time yep. is right, he's got it. So JoJo, four years old, I asked her, do you want to do competition? She said no. Okay. You don't have to. Do you still enjoy doing gymnastics? Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, great. That's it. That's the end of it. When when an opportunity to compete comes up and she says, hey, I'd like to do that. Okay, let's try it out. You know, And then it's like what I got 
into at the beginning of the podcast is let's talk about how the competition's going to flow. You know, let's talk about uh, what it means to be a judge, what it means to be a spectator. Let's talk about how you interact with the other people in there and make that the focus for a while so that it is still fun and, and interesting to go to competition so that by the time she looks at me and so- says, I should have won. She already knows all that crap. She's already been yeah. to 15, 20, 30 different competitions by then. It's old hat to her. Now there's only well, one thing that she needs to focus on. That's an interesting – I didn't think this podcast was going to go down that road, but that's an interesting, uh, I guess, parallel to draw because what I was going to compare it to is the NFL thing you brought up. Mm-hmm. The NFL had – and you said something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but professional sports, like you're not good enough and you don't make it. Yeah. Like guys get cut from the NFL all the time. Yeah, more get cut even than if have you're jobs. One the, not have jobs, be one of the greatest players of all time and get traded. Yeah, because you're not good enough, or because someone doesn't like you, or it's a business. Like, but what what I'm hearing you say, comparing the NFL player to JoJo, is where the real value lies. Is that NFL player really wants to play in the NFL? So that's where the learning lesson is. Yeah, if. If you get cut from something you don't really care about, you never learn that lesson. Am I right? Yes. Like in your thinking? Whereas – so so what's important to you is that you want JoJo to learn what it is to win and lose. Mm-hmm. You you want her to learn to sacrifice. You want to see her fail to a degree. Yeah. But you want it to be in the confines of something that's important to her. Right. Not, yes. Not something that was just thrust upon her shoulders. Right. I like that a lot. And so what what can people that, that person that's listening to this says, you know, maybe I am lazy. Maybe it is time I hold myself accountable. What can they learn from that? Like to, well, to, I, I think they, they gotta create they gotta I mean what's the, they gotta get out of the I can't compare to other people thing. Like sorry yeah. dude, you're not gonna make it in the NFL. Stop comparing yourself to NFLers. That's not you. You know? Find something outside of your comfort zone that you can reach for, and let's just focus on that. You know, if, if you've got 60 pounds to lose, let's just focus on losing the next five and make that the goal for right now. And then five after that, and then maybe 10 after that. And then as you get down and down and, and, and you're closer to your ideal weight and you start deciding, like, you know, maybe I do want to get involved in some kind of athletic competition. Like, great, stay at that level. Focus on little steps. Don't try to go from the couch to the NFL. Because that's unrealistic. It takes At years and years time, and years of consistent effort to make it to the NFL. And again, that ship's sailing. Sure. At the same time, though, do you think it is helpful to compare yourself to others in some ways? I think like, in some ways. But I, I think you've got to be careful, right? Like, like you have to have heroes. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to have oh, people that, that you look up to, for sure. But, like, I can't compare myself to The Rock. I don't have no, the resources I'm, that The Rock has available to like have my gym and my career completely lined up with my athletics. Like I've got to balance some other things. So it's good to know like that's something I could work towards. Maybe that's the dream, right? Maybe that's the 10-year goal. So what's the 5-year goal? What's the 3-year goal? What's the 1-year yeah. goal? What can I do this month, this week, today that's going to help get me to that next step? That's what people are missing here is those intermediaries. Yeah, what I'm talking about more, Joe, is Dave down the street, mm-hmm. and and who I you know you know who Dave is. Obviously, he's the male counterpart to Karen, mm-hmm. but um, he just works harder. But I'm talking. <laughs> you're a dude at home listening to this. You're 30 pounds overweight. Your gut hangs over your 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 your, your you know your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have low testosterone, not because you have low testosterone, because you don't sleep and you don't eat enough and you're making every excuse under the sun. You're putting down The Rock. You're putting down Bobby Maximus. You're putting down Joe Segula. That guy took all kinds of steroids and fat burners <laughs> to make his three-month transformation. <laughs> Fuck him. He's lucky. Like, But shouldn't that guy – shouldn't that guy – uh, rather than, than focus on the fact that you breathe the same air as the great Bobby Maximus and that's what got you fit or <laughs> you took steroids or you uh, took fat burners, shouldn't that guy focus on the fact that Look, here, Dave here's what, down the street, like Dave down the street also lost 40 pounds? Fuck Dave down the street. And, you can do better than Dave down the street. That's what you got to yeah. think. And you know what? Just, look, look, at, look at what Joe Sabula did. Fuck that guy too. That's doable. That's yeah. real. That's That's the truth. You can do that. And if you're looking nope. at that and you're like, oh, it's impossible, then fuck you. I ain't got time for your bullshit. Nope. But you know you know what I'm saying by that because yeah, there yeah. are plenty examples of people in your position who are worse off than you who did it. Yeah, yeah. So get your head out of your ass and start doing something. Yeah, and it just so, if nothing else, just recognize that your head is way up your ass on this and just pull yeah. it out, take a breath, and let's just reevaluate our reality for a moment. There might be one in a million people that genuinely have low T. Yeah. There might be one in a million people that genuinely have a thyroid disorder. Mm -hmm. There might be one in a million people that genuinely can't afford to exercise with no gear in a field. And even if that person is you, Bobby, that's your situation and you can still deal with it. You got to fix it. Yeah. You still got to handle your business. You're not helpless in your situation. It's just maybe maybe it's going to take a little extra type of work. Maybe it's going to take something very specific that you have to do that not everybody has to do. Like it doesn't matter if it's your thyroid. It doesn't matter if it's your testosterone level. Everybody's got stuff that's unique to them anyway. We all got to figure our own shit out. Yep. You know, you know what's funny about that? There was an article I saw today to end the podcast. The California, they stop school fitness tests over fears they lead to bullying and body shaming. <laughs> uh. so I, 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 I'm just going to say, I don't think you get rid of bullying by like protecting people or excusing how pathetic they are. Well, look, let, let, let's 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 look at, at a very concrete example here, Bobby. You and I did a very anti-bullying podcast once. We do yep. it all the time. You and I, like fitness is clearly very, very important to us. It helps drive us. It helps make us who we are. And yet we sit here preaching anti-bullying stuff constantly. So I don't think there's a correlation between fitness and bullying. There's another piece of that puzzle that's missing. Well, and and I think the piece of the puzzle is that's not how you help people by protecting them from from being bad or coming last. You protect them by making them more capable. Yes. Like, give them more fitness tests. Make yeah. it a, a higher part of their, their percentage of their grade. Give them tools to actually pass in good physical oh, how, education. How, how about this? How about we don't let morons determine what the program is? How about yeah, we actually so get funny. people who are good at this stuff and not just throw the janitor in the role of fitness director because we don't want to hire somebody outside the school system right yeah. now? You ain't, you ain't wrong on that. Ain't wrong on that at all, Joe. So this has been fun. Yeah, we got. I, I, I'm a little fired up now. Like I, we're gonna have to record another episode. Like, you know, it's good. But we'll maybe we'll maybe talk about this again. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Remember, uh, head over to the dot Click the drop down menu and get join now. 
and then join the inner circle. You get to talk to Joe and I every day. We can get special inspirational messages and you'll have one of the best communities of people in the world that will hold you accountable and won't accept your bullshit excuses. <laughs>